0: Welcome to the King's Church Podcast. We are an ACC church based on the Gold Coast in Queensland, Australia. We'd love for you to join us on any given Sunday. In the meantime, we hope this message blesses you. It is my privilege to be able to continue this uh, series that we have been on uh, called Saw. And uh, I want to share a scripture that kind of speaks specifically uh, to this topic, and it's from Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31, and I'm reading from the New Living Translation, it says, But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Uh, More familiar translations talks about those that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall rise up on wings like eagles. And, and what is really important about that passage of Scripture is understanding that uh, when, when it says that those that wait or those that trust, uh, this is not a passive thing. Uh, this is not just us sitting back and waiting uh, for God to come. This is actively moving towards what God has promised us. This is us putting faith into action, and the promise is that as we do those things, we will soar, we will rise, and and, and so it is. Uh, it is my privilege to be able to continue this and. And if you have been um, sort of, especially here at Reedy Creek and possibly at other campuses, uh, Pastor Ben has spoken previously on uh, the principles that elevate our lives. So SOAR, meaning the the, the things that we do that take our lives to another level. And uh, he spoke um, originally on honour and then humility. And I kind of remember these two because the crux of it was that for me, Honour is something that you do to everyone else except for yourself. But humility is something that you only do to yourself and not anyone else. Uh, so it's kind of like the opposite, but those principles, if you uh, apply those principles, uh, your life will continue to soar, your life will continue to rise. And and so uh, th- this is significant because I believe that for a lot of people, uh, the opposite of soar, I believe, is that feeling of being stuck. Uh, that feeling of kind of trying to get through life and it's like moving through quicksand. Uh, you you want to progress, you want to rise, you want to go to your next level, but but it's like, uh, it's like you have concrete boots on. Uh, but I, I believe that as we take a hold of this word, as we apply these principles, I believe that God is going to fulfill his promises to you. He's going to fulfill his promises to our church And that is that in the year 2022, we will soar. Uh, The word that was given at the beginning of the year is that we are on the fly. And and, and here's the thing about words here's the thing about prophetic words. Um, Often, when a prophetic word is released, the uh, the circumstances uh, in the immediate, uh, immediately kind of um, oppose those things. Uh, So, if you remember 2020, uh, Pastor Ben spoke about expansion and uh, who knows that uh, March 2020, uh, instead of expanding, uh, we all went into lockdown, uh, and it looked like from the outside that that word wasn't going to be fulfilled, but praise God, even in the midst of lockdown, we continued to expand. Uh, 2021, we were on the rise, and 2021 looked a lot like 2020, but even in the midst of that, across all of our campuses and departments, we did see that we were continuing to rise. And and, and so... We look at 2022 and we are on the fly, but it actually looks like we're in a flood right now. So it looks like the opposite is happening to a word. I just want to encourage you just to stay in faith. And some of you have received words a long time ago. You've yet to see it fulfilled, but I want to tell you that God's word will not return to him void. What he has spoken and declared over you, over our church, through our senior pastors, it will be fulfilled. It will be fulfilled. God gave Joseph a dream. It was a dream of greatness and leadership. Immediately, what happens to Joseph? He gets thrown into a pit, ends up a slave, wrongfully accused of rape. He's imprisoned and forgotten. And despite all of that, he eventually rises to fulfill the promise of God in his life. Even Jesus himself, he says to Martha at Lazarus's funeral, I am the resurrection and the life. Not long after that, he is hanging on a cross and he dies and he is wrapped and put in a tomb. But three days later, he rises and he fulfills it. So I want to encourage us that regardless of what the circumstances look like, it may not look like your life is going to soar. But if you would just stay in faith, if you would apply this principle's I believe that God is going to take you to new levels. God is going to take you from where you have been and elevate you to where He has promised you to go. And so today, I, I want to look at uh, something a little bit—it's uh, it's a little bit of a twist on, I guess, on this. Um, you know, we, we've been looking at uh, specific principles, but. I I was really arrested by a scripture that kind of speaks, I believe, to this. And and the uh, the scripture that I want to look at for this sermon today, it's in Matthew chapter 7, uh, verse 13 and 14. It says this, enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go by it because narrow is the gate, and difficult is the way which leads to life, and there are few who find it. Let me just read that again, because I want you to grab a hold of this. Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction, and there are many who go in by it, because narrow is the gate, and difficult is the way which leads to life, and there are few who find it. I want to talk this morning on the subject Excess baggage, excess baggage, Uh, things that will keep us grounded and keep us from soaring. Uh, I want to highlight in particular three things that will keep us grounded and keep us from soaring. Why don't you join me as we pray before we get into this. Father, I just thank you for your word, Lord God. I pray that you would give us ears to hear, hearts to receive, Lord God, and the faith to apply what you are speaking to us today in Jesus name. Amen. Excess baggage. That's what I want to speak to you about and um I'm kind of reminded about an incident that happened a few years ago now. Uh, my family were heading over to Singapore and because of my work, I had to stay behind. So my wife and my kids, uh, they flew over first and, and they were there and I came later and, uh, and there was issues with the time and stuff like that. Uh, so I'm almost late running to the airport and I get there only to discover that the 32 kilo weight limit that I thought I had wasn't actually 32 kilos it was a lot less and so I was. Uh, I had to get all my bags, and I had to open them, and I had to take out uh, all, all the heavy things that I could see, you know, a pair of boots that I thought I might wear over there, I had to get rid of them, uh, books that I thought I would read over there. And how many of you know, you go on holidays, and you take books thinking that you're going to read them, only to end up binging on Netflix. Uh, I took out the books and left them behind, and, and, and any sort of heavy jacket, and, and so I just had to kind of leave it there at the airport, dump it, and, and so... As I packed it all up and ran to the, air, uh, to, to the uh, check-in point, I could see that the gate was actually closing. A- and I'm running with all this stuff still and I get there and I'm the last one on this flight. Only for people to give me death stares as I walk through. But it reminded me about the difficulty of progressing when you have excess baggage. When you have excess baggage, let me tell you, I know this personally as well. Uh, Some of you here at Reedy Creek and some of the other campuses, you know that last Sunday, our 5 p.m. service, following that, we had a three-on-three basketball competition for our young adults. Now, I uh, kind of snuck in there with a couple of older gentlemen uh, and played, and I ended up living to regret it. There was good reason why it was called Young Adults, Uh, three-on-three basketball. I hadn't played for a while, and I thought, I used to play at high school. I'll be okay. But let me tell you, there were moments where I would try and go up for a rebound. I would try and get up and elevate and soar, only to hear my right knee saying to my left knee, what do you think this guy's trying to do? Uh, And my left knee saying, I don't know, but I think he's going to end up sore." That's not S-O-A-R, that is S-O-R-E. My lower back sort of piped in there and said, yeah, yeah, you are not moving tomorrow morning. You are going to be staying in bed uh, because your body does not do this naturally. All the while, I'm seeing all these young guys flying overhead, uh, you know, all, all over me and stuff like that. It was, it was a lot of fun, but I realised because there is some excess baggage, thank you, ISO uh, weight, um, Uh, I had trouble actually elevating. I had trouble moving. And, And just like it is in the physical, I believe in the spiritual. God is saying there are some things that may be in your life that is preventing you from going up, from preventing you to go to the heights, go to the places that I want you to. And these things are keeping you grounded. But today... If you will just address this issue, if you will surrender some of these things, I believe that the word of the Lord to our church, King's Church, will be that you will soar in 2022. Amen. So so let, let me just show you something just to kind of illustrate this, uh, just to give you a... So this was kind of me. Uh, sorry, I realize I'm off screen. I'll be back in a second. So... I'm back. This is, this is me running to the airport. This is, this is me. What this also reminds me is that this is one of the reasons why that scripture that we read, it says the road to destruction is wide. You know one of the reasons why I believe it's wide? Because there are people that are going and traveling with all this excess stuff and unwillingness to lay it down and travel the narrow path. All this excess stuff. So one of the reasons why I believe the, what the, the road is wide to destruction is because people, there's, there, there are so many of them, they are just unwilling to let go of certain things in their life. They are unwilling to put down, to surrender some of the things. So they are carting this thing and they will not fit through the narrow path to life. They will be reserved to the wide path to destruction. So let me tell you three things that will keep you grounded and keep you from soaring. Here's the first thing. It's unforgiveness. Unforgiveness. And each time, let me just tell you, if you drop that, your load is going to be lighter. Your load is going to be lighter, and you are going to be able to move forward, onwards and upwards, up, up and in away into everything that God has promised for you. So here's the first thing. It is unforgiveness. Unforgiveness. And I want to read a scripture from Matthew chapter 6, verse 9 to 15. Jesus is speaking here and he says, Pray in this way Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. Here's the amplified. Letting go of both the wrong and the resentment. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. For if you forgive others their trespasses, their reckless and willful sins, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others, nurturing your hurt and anger with the result that it interferes with your relationship with God then your father will not forgive your trespasses. This is huge. Unforgiveness is one of the biggest things that will keep you from moving up. It is one of the biggest things that will keep you from moving forward. It is probably one of the heaviest things. And here, Jesus is not speaking uh, just to anyone. He is actually speaking to those who have gathered to follow him. He is actually speaking to followers and he is telling them, when you pray, pray this way. But notice the special emphasis. When you forgive others, God the Father forgives you. But if you refuse to forgive them, then you are not forgiven and you have got to lug that thing around with you. You have got to carry that weight of hurt, of offense. You've got to carry that around. And let me tell you, that is a thing that will keep you from moving up. That is the thing that will keep you from what God has promised you. I was uh, re- recalling a, a, a great story, uh, um, a woman that many of you would know of uh, in her book, uh, amazing book where she talks about um, her time during World War II where she hid uh, Jews uh, from uh, the Nazis who were imprisoning them in concentration uh, concentration camps, uh, Corrie ten Boom, uh, many of you would know. But she talked about that uh, in this particular um, uh prison camp where, where she was. I think it was called Ravensbrook or something. And her and her family, particularly her sister Betsy, uh, they, they were there and, and they were treated extremely harshly by the guards and, uh, and her sister ended up dying. Uh, but her sister was known for her compassion, her forgiveness, even to those who were, uh, who were being extremely cruel to her. Well, shortly after that, uh, the war ended. She was released and god began to use her all around the world she would speak she would speak in so many different places and and her primary message was one of grace and forgiveness And one time she's in Germany in Munich and she's speaking uh, to a packed hall and she's speaking about the grace of God, the forgiveness of God and how God has forgiven us and in in so doing we are able then to forgive others. Uh, The meeting finished and there were many people that were milling around coming to meet her but there was one gentleman that she saw from a distance and she froze when she saw him. Uh, She immediately recognised him. He was a lot older. He was now uh, balding. But he was one of the guards that was at that concentration camp and and would treat her and her sister particularly uh, harshly. He came up to her. And he didn't recognize her and he said, I, uh, I heard in your talk, you mentioned the uh, concentration camp. I happened to be a guard at the time, but since the war, um, I have become a Christian and God has forgiven me and I have repented of all the things. Uh, and he said to her, uh, Fraulein, I just need to know, will you forgive me? And with that, he stuck out his hand to her. Well, Corrie uh, writes in the book that she just froze. Uh, She could not move because all the memories, all the painful memories of what they did to them, how they humiliated them, uh, all all the pain, all the anguish it came flooding back, but she knew that she had to do what God had told her her to do. And and she prayed a quick prayer and she said, Lord, I just can't do it, but through you I can. And she said, you are gonna have to give me the strength and so mechanically and coldly, she says that she put out her hand and she said, I can do that much. I can do that much. And as their hands touched and grasped, she said that she felt all of a sudden the presence of God flooding through. She felt this peace and this calm and the voice of God the Father saying, Well done. That's how my children behave. After that, they embraced and, and she said, I learned that forgiveness is not a feeling, it is an act of a will. It is an act of the will. The willingness to forgive is something that you decide to do, even though your feelings may not say. One uh, writer, he wrote it this way, he said, the injury that was caused against you, it may not be your fault, but your recovery is your responsibility, What happened to you, the offense, the abuse, uh, the, the mistreatment, the betrayal, all of that stuff, it is not your fault. But recovery is our responsibility. The willingness to lay that down at Jesus' feet. So that he can clean us up so, so that he can purify us and, and, and he can take us where we cannot go on our own personally, I have learned this myself um, i 've shared this before at Reedy Creek our, um, It was about seven years ago now um, I ha- had an encounter with God. It was incredible. I had a, uh, a injury to my spine and, and was healed, and in that process. Uh, God just began to speak to me and God began to uh, minister to me. And, and, uh, and it was funny because years before, about 21 years ago, I had first become a Christian. I was raised in a religious home, but I'd never made a decision to follow Jesus. Uh, 21 years ago, I heard the gospel for the very first time. I responded. And shortly after that, I went into uh, youth ministry, uh, which is probably one of the toughest uh, forms of ministry. I did that for a couple of years. A- and to be honest, I thought that's it. I've done my bit for the kingdom. It's back to work now to make some real money. I went back, I was working for the government. Uh, My family and I, we moved all around Australia uh, with the work that I was doing. And and one time we were off the coast of Western Australia, I was working and, and just out of nowhere, my wife said, I believe you're going to go back into ministry. And I said, there is no way uh, you know, it, it was really hard, I wasn't very good at it, but I said, there is no way, I, I love what I'm doing now, I'm making good money, it's a great lifestyle, uh, there is no way, but then a few years after that, uh, God arrested my attention, and and, and what was particularly um powerful was there was one time uh, I was downstairs and uh, I was just worshipping by myself. I was having my devotional time and, and I was worshipping God and, uh, and it was extremely, extremely powerful. The presence of God was tangible. Uh, I was ugly crying. That's how bad it was. It was just his presence was so powerful. In the midst of that, I heard the Holy Spirit bring to my attention my dad It made me stop to the point where I stopped and I had to open my eyes and look around uh, because it was so powerful. And I thought, that is bizarre. The the problem was that I hadn't spoken to my dad for eight years, over eight years, I think it was, and I hadn't seen him for a long time. We had a falling out after he and my mother separated and, and things had become hard. And what the Holy Spirit was letting me know was that there was unforgiveness and resentment in my heart. And so I felt I had to sit down because I felt like he was telling me, call your dad. And I thought, this is crazy. We were living down in Hobart, Tasmania at the time. Uh, I didn't really know where he was, hadn't spoken to him. There was all this stuff that was going on. But I thought, I just feel like I've got to do this. I've got to be obedient. So I went upstairs. I told my wife. And uh, we sat down, I, I had to kind of Google search his, uh, his number and, and then finally I, I found a number and I dialed it only to get his recorded message and I thought, phew, maybe it was just a test, maybe it was just, uh, it was just to see whether I'd be willing to do that and I thought, that, that's cool. But then I just knew, I said, no, no, I know that I've got to actually speak to him. So I dialed the number again uh, and after so many years I heard his voice picked up. And, and when I heard his voice, I just said, Dad, it's me. Uh, and, and he knew straight away and he began to weep. And it's amazing that in that time, I actually asked forgiveness of him because of the way I was feeling. And, and so it was amazing because there was this moment of reconciliation and healing um, that God did. But let me tell you what happened after that event. Um, not long after we left Hobart and We ended up in Sydney, and and, and I just felt God calling me back into doing something for him. I didn't know what it was, but we just took active steps of faith. Fast forward to uh, 2018, um, speaking with Pastor Ben and, and Trish, and we've been friends for a long time. And he says, we're about to take over this church on the Gold Coast. And I thought, that's awesome. I've never lived on the Gold Coast. That'd be great. So instead of going back to Brisbane, we came up here. And uh, you know, just started helping out and serving, and uh, and now 2022. Uh, it is such a privilege to be able to 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 be serving as campus pastor here, and, and and I can trace all of this back to that one act of forgiveness, that one act of obedience. I I I'm not saying that I'm at a particular point or anything, but. I know where my life was, and I know what it's happening now, and I can trace it all the way back to that one act. And I just see my life just moving forward. I see God's hand upon my life, just just moving me into this place. And 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 now I'm here on the promised land. Sorry, Mar Logan Village, love you guys, but uh, but but yeah, so blessed to be able to be here at Reedy Creek on the Gold Coast, and I can trace it all back to what God did. So. Forgiveness, uh, unforgiveness. Um, Let me get through these final couple of ones quickly, and then I just want to pray. I want to pray for people. Uh, Second one is unbelief. Unbelief. This is the second piece of excess baggage that we've got to leave behind so that we can soar. Hebrews 3, chapter 15 to 19, it says this, today, while there is still opportunity, if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart as, they, as when they provoked me in their rebellion in the desert at Meribah. For, for who were they who heard and yet provoked him with rebellious act? Was it not all those who came out of Egypt led by Moses? And with whom was he angry for 40 years? Was it not with those who sinned whose dead bodies were scattered in the desert? And to whom did he swear an oath that they would not enter his rest? But to those who disobeyed, those who would not listen to his word, so we see that they were not able to enter into his rest, the promised land, because of unbelief and unwillingness to trust in God. This is talking about the Israelites as they came out of Egypt and God had promised them the promised land. But because they went in and they saw opposition, they saw giants and they saw walled cities, They came back and they gave a negative report and said, we can't go in. We can't go in. Yes, God may have promised it to us, but there are too many obstacles. Their unbelief is what actually kept them out of the promised land. In that group of 12 leaders that went in, there were only two, Joshua and Caleb. They were the only ones that believed and said, we can do it. And eventually, they were the only ones to inherit the promise. 2 Corinthians 1:20 it reminds us about this it says for as many as are the promises as are the promises of God in Christ they are all answered yes so through him we say our amen to the glory of God that's a great scripture that we often quote that all the promises of God in Christ are yes and amen What we need to understand is the yes is spoken of from heaven. God is saying, yes, that promise is yours. Yes, that word is for you. The amen comes from us. The amen comes from us. It is a response of agreement to what God has promised. And here's the powerful thing. Here's the thing I'd never seen before. When we amen the promise of God, the Bible says it glorifies God. When we amen what God has spoken, it gives him glory. It brings him glory. So, so all that doubt, all that fear, all, all, all of those uh, questions of whether, you know, maybe I can't do it, when we just amen it, I don't know how it's going to happen, but I just believe God, amen. I I don't know how my children are going to come back. I I don't know how this marriage is going to be restored. I I don't know how my body is going to be healed. I don't know how my finances are going to recover. If we will just amen the promises of God that he will provide for us, that he will heal us, that, that he will make a way for us, that amen glorifies God. That amen says, yep, I don't know how it's going to happen, but I just trust you. I just believe you. Um, great evangelist German evangelist Reinhard Bonnke uh, he was talking one time about his calling to the nation of Africa and he was praying one time and 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 he said Lord why did you choose me for such a a heavy assignment and God responded and said to him you actually weren't my first choice in fact you weren't my second choice either and so Reinhard believe, uh, found out that he actually wasn't God's first or second choice. He was the third choice. But he was the first one to say, Amen to what God was telling him to. Yes, we can see the nation of, of uh, the, the continent of Africa saved for Christ. He was the first one. All the others said, It's too huge. I won't do it. I can't do it. It can't be done. But it was Reinhard that said, Amen. Yes. And so unbelief is the thing that will keep us. But if you would just come into faith, if you would just come in and be in agreement with what God is saying, you will see the fullness of what God has promised you. And finally, uh, worship team, you guys can come on up. This is the final thing I believe that will keep us from soaring, from moving up a level, from going up to where God has prepared for us. It's shame. It's shame. So the first one is unforgiveness. Second is unbelief. The third one, I believe, is shame. Genesis chapter three, verse six to nine in the New Living. It says, the woman was convinced. She saw that the tree was beautiful and its fruit looked delicious. And she wanted the wisdom it would give her. So she took some of the fruit and ate it. Then she gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it too, At that moment, their eyes were opened and they suddenly felt shame at their nakedness. So they sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves. When the cool evening breezes were blowing, the man and his wife heard the Lord God walking about in the garden. So they hid from the Lord God among the trees. Then the Lord God called to the man, where are you? I want you to note that after they disobeyed God and they took from the forbidden uh, fruit from the forbidden tree and took of the fruit and ate, that their eyes were opened. They saw they were naked. They were ashamed. And so they covered themselves. And later when God came uh, looking for, for them, they actually hid. Here's the thing that puzzles me. The population of planet earth at that time, do you know what it was? Two, it's nearly 8 billion now. There was only two people and yet they were still ashamed. Uh, I mean, really, you know, the, these, these were perfect people. Uh, Eve hadn't had bore any children. There was, there, there was no issues physically with you know, some, what some of us might be struggling with today. Their bodies would have been perfect and there was no one around. And yet when sin came in, They were still ashamed and they attempted to cover themselves up. This tells us that shame doesn't just say what you did is bad. It actually says you are bad. You are no good. And what it did was it actually forced them into hiding. It forced them away from God and and, and to hide. They attempted to cover themselves and then they hid. And, and I felt the Holy Spirit say that when I was preparing that there are some people that are listening to this right now and, and, and you hear all the promises, you hear all the prophetic words and you do want to soar, you do want to go up. But there is something that is happening in your life. There is shame that is attached because of something that's happened in the past. And, and and it is you are telling yourself there is no way I can do that. There is no way I can move forward. There is no way I can break out of this stuckness. This this feeling of of the, it's like one step forward, two steps back. I I just can't seem to go. It's because of shame. It is because of that feeling of condemnation. But I want to tell you that today, that there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are of us who are in Christ Jesus. That 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 Jesus, he, here's the incredible thing, Jesus when he was crucified, he wasn't covered, he was totally uncovered. The apostle Paul calls Adam uh, the first, uh, calls Adam the the first Adam, and he calls Christ the second Adam, and it's kind of a a contrast uh, because the first Adam uh, he took from what he wasn't meant to uh, and he was naked and he covered himself. But the second Adam, he actually reached out to obey God the Father and he was actually uncovered. And I believe he was uncovered to break the power of shame off of us, that he bore all of our shame, all of our guilt, all of those painful things that we think disqualify us that we think, I just can't let go of this thing and move forward because of this shame. I wanna tell you that there is a promise for you in Isaiah chapter 61, verse seven. It says this, instead of your shame, you will receive a double portion. And instead of disgrace, you will will rejoice in your inheritance. And so you will inherit a double portion in your land and everlasting joy, will be yours. Thank you so much for joining us. Stay tuned for new messages weekly. You can keep updated on what's happening in the life of King's Church by following us on social media at King's Church GC. Be blessed.